Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We have uh, three lines open after Walt. Give him a call. Number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. But Walt was patient enough to wait through the news, so we'll get right to him. Good morning, Walt. Good morning, Brian. Have a, a we we were told it's a Washington Naval, mm-hmm. and around the trunk it's about a ten inch diameter. Uh, the uh, or the trunk is ten inch diameter. The drip line is probably 14 to 16, someplace in there. And the house was built in 89. I guess the tree probably has been here since the house was built. Um, Right around the bottom of the trunk, we get all this growth, and I've cut it off each year. Is that to protect the trunk, or are those bleeders that should be cut off? Well, here's the thing. Why they're producing all the shoots and growth in the bottom is because the sunlight's hitting the bottom of the trunk. So if you'll let the canopy come down lower, okay, the tree will be healthier, and especially on a navel. I mean, it takes so long to grow a nice big navel tree like you have that you really want to do everything to protect it. So if you'll let the canopy from the tree drop down, let the branches drop down lower to the ground, then it won't generate. When you say lower, it's about four, four to five feet now. Yeah. So, it, you know, if you go to like our orchard and look at our navels, they're probably 18 inches off the ground. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. And it's just healthy. Well, then you got to crawl around to pick those up bottle branches, huh? <laughs> well, get a short friend. You know, yeah. <laughs> out, where we have, out where we have all of our, our harvesters, you know, out in the grove working today. And those poor guys, we got to work right, you know, seven days a week right now. And they don't get much break. Yeah. So, so you are still harvesting. Yesterday I got all the, the uh, Mexican limes off the tree. Well, Mexican That's limes, not... yeah, they're they're going to fall off if you don't get those pretty quick. But we'll harvest navels for well, another. They, they do fall off. But, yeah. I mean, I cleaned it because it's, boss- it's starting to blossom. Yeah, but there's no reason to take fruit off as long as it's going to maintain on the tree. The best place to store fruit's on the tree. And, you know, our limitation is oh. how fast we can pack it. So we pick it as See, fast as we can pack That was the next question. It. When should I pick all of it off the, the orange tree? And, and, and the best time is when you need it. Okay. Well, when you need it now, bef- and before it falls. This year, <laughs> several oranges this year that have a brown spot on them and they haven't got as big. Mm-hmm. What What's causing that? It's just a spot at the bottom of the, of the navel or is it... Uh, Somewhere else. On the side, like a sunburn almost. Well, they can be. I mean, the navel's definitely sunburned. We have a, oh, we probably run 10% into calls that are sunburned that we give to, like, the St. Mary's Food Bank. And, and they don't get as big then when that happens? Well, no, what happens is they get scalded on the one side, you know, from the sun. And that, you know, stops growing after the middle of the summer. And the other part... Yeah, all of them that I've had are, that I can see like that are on the out, you know, outside mm-hmm. and on the south and west side of the tree. And, and it's pretty normal. And you know what? There's still plenty edible where you can juice them at home. They're not one that we can yeah. send to market. And so no. uh, we, we send them to another market where people really enjoy them. Next question. I guess that covers the orange tree. Oh, okay. It's difficult to get the basket, the picking basket, through the tree, so it probably needs to be pruned. 
is that something I should have an arborist do, or is that something I can just cut out old wood, or what? What would you suggest? Well, you can open them up, you know, somewhat to your on your own. the The hard part is, though, is that um, you know the the denser the canopy on the outside, the less fruit you're going to have the inside. So if they're ones that are high enough up where you have to pick them with like a basket or you know stick, um, you know it's going to be difficult because if you open the tree up more, it's going to have more fruit on the inside. So, how about a ladder in a basket? That's how tall the tree is. Yeah, well, you can prune the tree down and reduce its size. This is a great time of year to do it, and then you'll have more of the okay. fruit in the zone where it's easier to harvest. And uh, we're from Minnesota, and the uh, apple trees are maybe seven feet at the tallest, uh, you know, in our area. Well, enables, yeah, well, and, and you could reduce the size of the enable, you know, quite a bit, too. You could take a third of the top of the tree and reduce that. In, right now would be the perfect time to do it, and uh, and that's going to make it easier to harvest. We've, we've got some blocks of tangelos now that have just gone, you know, they're huge. And so we're going to really butcher those this next month. Next question is, we had a, a large saguaro with four arms on it come down this summer. And the landscaper, when they did it, they you know it's got a brick round uh, well, it goes around the front yard, mm-hmm. but it accents you know the brick around it. And where it came down, can I plant another cactus in that same place? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no and just uh, and what would you suggest planting? It was a beautiful soil. Well, you could put it. I mean, we really enjoyed it, except that it had a hotel for, for woodpeckers in it. Well, they, they, <laughs> they do do that. They like them for housing. But, no, I mean, there's just so many varieties of cactus, just depending on the size and form you want. And there's no reason you couldn't plant a saguaro back in there. And then how, how large you sell those at the nursery? Well, we have guys that bring them, from, you know, as big as you want. It's just if, if you've got the money, we got the saguaro. <laughs> and then you have to stake it for how long so it roots. We brace them usually for the summer. You know, so if you put in a big one with, with arms in it, it would be a good idea so to brace it. When you say big one with arms, what are we talking height? Well, if you want to get one 16-foot tall with two or three arms on it, I mean, that's available. And then rough, or can you give me a rough idea? Well, they're going to run about $100 a foot, and that $100 a foot counts the... Uh, the main part of the plant, and then plus the arms. Okay, so every every bit of the plant that comes up, and then when they're really so if they got two foot arms on them, you had a couple hundred for each arm. Yeah, exactly. And then if they okay. look, if they look exactly like the old Arizona license plate, there's a premium. <laughs> well, that's what this one looked like. Yeah. I'm surprised it went over because it was pretty well balanced with the arms. Well, we had. Did it go over like in September? We had we had those big winds uh, and rains, and you know, like we had some storms that came through with seventy and eighty mile an hour winds, and like over at the Cormac Ranch Golf Course, they lost pine trees that had been there, you know, for four. No, it was it was on a Sunday night, and it was uh, not windy, but we had, it was after all the rains. Yeah. Well, that's that's the nature of saguaros, and when it's too wet, you know, and it's and it's had some wind and got loosened up, they do fall. Yeah. Well. We we need to do something because the way the, the yard is landscaped looks kind of funny without something there. So, well, come by. So we can we, help, we can we can help you do something. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you much for your information. Thank you, Walt. Bye bye. Oh, just a point for Walt. Uh, we do have more saguaros at our nursery in South Phoenix and other locations. Um, let's see. Next up, we have Gabby and Chandler. Hello, Gabby. 
how are you this morning? Great. Good. I have a snail problem, like a ridiculous snail problem. Thousands and thousands of snails. And I'm looking for a more organic way. I have a vegetable garden and I'd like a more organic way to keep them away than poison. So any suggestions for me? Absolutely. Are you a beard drinker? <laughs> yes. Okay. And I've tried that, but I haven't. I did put the bowls out with the beer, but they didn't seem like they're little tiny snails. So they're not really maybe not I need big to enough. bury it. Yeah, get the get it get it down there. Pour a little trail. Spill some beer around there. Get them all encouraged. You know. Okay. And, but okay. the most important thing that you're probably missing uh, is the music. Music? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when you have a party, you don't have music. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's true. And, um, you know, there's different kinds of snails. You know, there's country snails. You know, there's there's jazz snails. <laughs> there's rock and roll snails. These are emo snails. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, there's, there's all kinds of fun snails. So I, I, I would suggest the radio out there with the music. All right. I will throw them a little party and see if they'll come drink the beer. Yeah, that Any really, plans? though, is, is organically, there's not a lot of other ways that I know you can really get rid of snails. Um, you know, there you could put. Uh, they probably wouldn't even go through diametaceous earth, but it's not going to kill them the same way that it does other animals because the insects, what it does, it gets in and punctures their exoskeleton. But right. you know, scales don't. Snails don't have that. Um, in, in the in the Thought baits, about getting chickens too. Well, they they don't always yell at snails, but you know, there are the baits that you can use. What you can do is when you bait them, if you use one of the baits, a lot of them kind of have a mint smell to them, and uh, they'll attract the snails away from your garden. So you wouldn't necessarily okay. have to poison them right in the garden, you know. But we have okay. we have kind of the same issue with snails out at our groves. You know, we can't have snails in our groves either because we can't poison them. And uh, there's, right. a, there's another native snail here that you might find at Citrus Grove. Where you located? You're in Chandler? Well, you, I'm in Chandler. If you had friends in Mesa, okay, that had any citrus on flood irrigation, <laughs> there's a little decollet snail, which is a little conical snail that uh, uh-huh. it's about an inch and a half long, and it eats the other snails. So it's a carnivorous snail, which is pretty good. I mean, it, it still can yeah. feed on your plants, but especially the California brown garden snails, they, they they look like big turkeys to these other snails, and so they'll go through and eat oh. them. But and, yeah. and they are very effective. If you had a friend over in Mesa that had any citrus on flood irrigation and left the leaves under the trees, you could probably go find some little con- conical snails in there. Okay. Okay. I'll have to look into that. Okay. Uh, right. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Chad and Mesa. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, sir. Yes. I have a Texas sage tree we planted, oh gosh, probably six, seven years ago. It really hasn't done too much. Uh, I had went to one of the nurseries, and I don't remember which one, and um, he asked me if I had Bermuda growing under the tree, which I did. And he said, sprinkle this around, soak it in. He said, it'll kind of control and burn the Bermuda, but it'll make the tree grow nice, which it which it did. And I've run out of that, and the, um, I don't know what what fertilizer or whatever it was, but it sure worked good. Would you happen to know what that might be? Well, I mean, so it's not a Texas sage tree. I mean, I do as Texas ebony tree, maybe dark green, small leaves. Yeah, it might be okay. Thorny, yeah. real thorny. No, there's no thorns on it. Okay. Um, 
I'm not sure what kind. But anyway, what what I would do uh, is I would fertilize a tree, okay, and you just use a balanced fertilizer, whether you do citrus food or 10-10-10 or miracle, whatever you want to do, okay? But to get mm-hmm. rid of that grass, wait about two or three more weeks, don't cut it at all, and pick up uh, basically a herbicide it's to spray it with. One's called over the top. Um, we got some kind of back noise there on you, Chad. I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, so um, if you basically come back and spray that with a contact herbicide, it's a selective one, like over the top, and uh, it, it'll kill the grass and not hurt the tree. And the fertilizer and water is going to make more of a difference. Whether it's grass or not, the fertilizer is going to make more difference than anything else. So okay. you just need to feed it and water it. You know, and the grass does compete with trees to a certain point, but when a tree gets big enough, it shades out the grass. Okay. So get something like the ten, ten, ten. Yeah, ten, 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 or citrus food. You know, whatever's convenient. But uh, and for most trees, I'm just not sure what you have. But now is the perfect time to feed it. It's not real big. How much would I feed it initially? Well, you're going to follow the label because there's different kinds of nitrogen. Some release faster than others, so you always want to okay. follow, follow the label on the bag. But um, for the most part, you know, you're going to feed them. You know, by the size of the trunk. If the trunk is say three inches in diameter, you could probably put on up to a pound. If it's, uh, you know, if it's bigger than that, a little more, a little less. And that depends on the type of fertilizer. You know, so there's there's a lot of differences. And you really have to follow the label because if you get something that the main okay. ingredient's ammonium nitrate, it's going to release all at once. And if you get something like an organopro citrus food, it's going to last about 30 days. And if you use like an Osmocote, it'll last 90 days. So it just depends on what kind of fertilizer you put on. Okay. And then uh, one other quick question. I have a small pine tree. I think it's um, supposedly the pine tree that can take heat. I don't remember the name of it. Well, there's Aleppos and Mondells and Italian Stones and Roxburgh Eyes, and that's the most common ones. Yeah. Was it a Christmas and, uh, tree when you I, bought it? or? It, it, no, it's small. It's only probably two and a half feet tall. Okay. And how long has it's it been really not doing. It's been there, oh, gosh. A couple years, it really hasn't done too much, and the end of the needles are brown, browned on the very end of the needles. So it's not very happy. Is it in rock or lawn? Right. I'm sorry? Is it planted in rock or lawn? Dirt. Okay, just dirt. Does it grow weeds around it? Mm, Yeah, there'll there'll be a few, but they're just small and they pull them. Okay. So if you would fertilize it same way, right now is a great time. You're going to get, you know, for any type of a pine, you're going to get your biggest flush of growth right now. Okay. And with that 10, 10, 10? Yeah, that'd be fine. Okay. Okay. And then I'll you know, give it a shot. Just soak it real good. Yeah. We'll put it, put it around it. If you do, you water with a hose, Chad, or how do you water? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Water you, with a hose. So you've got a well around your trees? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, just put the fertilizer in, wash it in with your hose, and uh, and water it. And um, you know, you can fertilize your trees to grow faster, pretty much if you want to once a month. And I would cut off like on pines. I wouldn't fertilize them in uh, June and July. But uh, if it starts right, in monsoon in August, you could do it again. Okay. All right. Thanks, Chad. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Appreciate it. And we're going to take a short break while we're gone. We do have a couple lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. It's uh, Miss Julia and Brian here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM.
Folks, this beautiful morning here in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We'll get right to the phones. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have to get the proper order, you know. Ted down in Sun Lakes. Hi, Ted. Hi there. How are you this morning? Good. I've got an Arizona sweet uh, fruit tree. Um, five years old. This is the third year of uh, my harvesting, and I had a record number uh, of uh, oranges on it. But uh, 90% of them were smaller than I've seen before, and about 25% were so small that I couldn't even squeeze them. And I'm wondering what's going on here. After two real good years, uh, the third year has been pretty... pretty. Well, there's a real easy solution, Ted. Pardon me? I said there's a real easy solution. Okay. You, you like too big oranges. you got to change your lichens. <laughs> Well, what happens when we have a crop of citrus? If we have a large crop, we're going to have a lot smaller fruit. And when we have a light crop, the fruit quality and size is much larger. And with sweets, they can be a very prolific tree. And if they do have a large crop, it's not unusual at all for them to be small. And, you know, we call them like a 138 size, which is, you know, pretty tiny. And uh, people will juice them and do different things. But, no, with sweets, if you get a big crop, you know, you're going to get a lot uh, smaller fruit. You have a you know, lighter crop, they're going to be larger. And it's just by the volume of fruit in the tree. I harvested them uh, last week. Is that too soon, or should I uh, leave them on a little longer? Well, were you juicing them all, or what were you doing with them? Yeah, I'm juicing them all. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can you can juice them and freeze it, you know, anytime. But uh, you know, and sweets right now are about as good as they're going to be. But they'll stay in the tree for another month, month or two. So if you didn't want to use them all at one time, there's no reason you have to harvest them all at once. They'll start falling off the tree with sweets about April. Yeah, I noticed they well, a couple of them started falling off last week. That's why I decided to harvest them. Well, we had that, you know, this weather got a lot hotter, hotter after the cool weather. And so, it, you know, if they were a little bit dry, they will fall. Okay, well, I'm going to look forward to that big harvest next year then. Yeah, just be mean to it when bloom season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't, don't fertilize it this year. Be kind of mean to it. Then fertilize it after the fruit set. But um, they don't drop as big a percentage of their fruit as the navels do. But, you know, the, with the size crop on a sweet or Valencia is going to determine the size of the fruit. I fertilize them three times a year. I did that yesterday. I'll do it May 1st and then again in September. I put about uh, uh, three pounds on in each of those applications. Yeah, that's perfect because you get about a pound of nitrogen out of three pounds of fertilizer. Um, Ted, thank you and have a nice weekend. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, Rennie and Florence, good morning. Good morning, sir. Hi. Hello. I got the question. I got the orange that I bought two years ago in your nursery. Uh-huh. Now they got the flower, but the leaves is getting curly. Well, curly and is the flower always dropped. Yeah, so what happens with the curly leaf? That's caused by a little insect called thrip. 
And what what mm-hmm. the thrips do is when the new growth comes out, they feed on mm-hmm. it and it scars the leaf and so then it curls up. And that's pretty normal and it can go in cycles, some years more, some years less. What usually eats the thrip is a little green dragonfly called a lacewing. And the little mm-hmm. lacewing lays their eggs on the on the fruit, on the stem of the leaf, and you'll see like a little string with a little white dot on the end. And when it, you know, when it hatches out, it becomes like a little alligator, and it runs around and eats all the bad guys. So if you see any little green cool. dragonfly guys, they're the, they're the good guys. And the thrip's really tiny and uh, kind of a golden color, and that's what feeds on the leaves and causes the scarring. You know, normally we don't worry about it at all in citrus here, especially at home. Uh, it'll grow in cycles, but uh, if you have more other you know other plants around and bloom year-round, uh, you'll keep the mm-hmm. lace wings around so you'll have more good guys to eat the bad guys. Oh, and one more. How about the, you know, the caramanca or calamansi? Uh-huh. They got plenty of fruits, but they are tiny. My husband said because I don't prune it. Well, so it how much do you fertilize it? Oh, now I fertilize already. I follow the cycle, but I don't fertilize in summer. Well, you can. Okay, the best thing to do if you want to get bigger fruit is probably mm-hmm. fertilize more regularly. So you can fertilize it once a month, you know, starting right mm-hmm. now and going all the way through uh, October. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with citrus, you can fertilize them in the summer. There's no reason not to. Um, and is it a pretty young tree, too? There's like three years ago, but they got plenty holier the fruit, you know, the tiny lime. Uh-huh. Well, it'll, it'll, get, it, it'll get a lot bigger if you'll fertilize it, the fruit will. Oh, they don't. Okay. 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 Thank you very much, Thank sir. you. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. So, bye. Well, it looks like we're sliding into news time here, and we have our, our, our actually, Gabriel's here during the week, different times and stuff, but he's special when he shows up on Sunday morning, because we, lo- we love to have Gabriel coming. He's got, I think, one of the best news voices on the radio anywhere in the market. Anyway, we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Number to call Julia in the break, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Last night, we fly. Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much, I miss my wife. Lonely out in space On such a timeless flight
Well, if you guys have been watching the Olympics, you'll know that our own Nathan Chen just won gold in the individual men's Olympic round, which is really awesome. And he skated to Rocket Man by Elton John. And uh, he gave him a shout out, which I thought was really awesome. But if you've been watching the Olympics, it's been really fun. So I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Great, Julia. You know, she, she always has to one up me lately. You know? she- <laughs> Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, we do have three lines open, the number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Carol and Congress. Hey, Brian. Um, by the way, the Rocket Man movie just was a fabulous movie. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, now you, got um, her. now you have Julia back here jumping up and down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but listen, I called you two years ago about this kind of gangly uh, probably three-year-old grapefruit tree that we planted out in Congress. Mm-hmm. We're actually in North Ranch. Okay. And the gardener that put it in said he didn't like the soil. I think there's caliche there because I've tried to plant several other plants and had it took days to dig the hole because of caliche. Okay. So that's one problem with it. The other thing was I had called you because it had very little lower growth and a couple of gangly arbs that stuck out on the top. And you told me to cut those off about two years ago, which we did. And it finally kind of blossomed out in some other places and got a little form. And so when I came back this year in October, I was appalled at how yellow it was. It was just shocking yellow and got worse up until December. So I started giving it water and unfortunately we found out that a pebble had gotten into our emitter system and held the valve open. So for it got water for a month. Okay. And I don't know if that's what made those leaves turn yellow, but in December, at the end of December, beginning of January, I just decided to go ahead and give it some fertilizer um, to see if that would help get rid of some of that yellow. And? Well, nothing's happened yet. Okay. Well, uh, well, it's been too cool. So what, a couple of things. One thing is Congress is an old mining area, right? And they used to have a lot of mines up there. And uh, that's why Congress was the junction to go to the mine. But anyway, so I would recommend dynamite. You know, just drill a hole out there in the backyard and crack through all that caliche. And uh, it'll, it'll drain better. Now, the problem with the dynamite <laughs> is now it's illegal. And uh, second, you know, you used to be able to just go buy it. And uh, and it yeah. d- does tend to damage, you know, foundations and things like that. So that's probably not the best idea. What will work better for you is a, a real regular fertilizer regimen, you know, and it's going to be hard for you while you're gone in the summer. So what I would do is fertilize it with a regular fertilizer now. Um, even though you put the fertilizer on before, if you didn't too, put too much, it's fine. Spring is the time when citrus really can come back. And if you can get that first burst of growth and get the tree moving along with some healthy leaves uh, somewhere here at the end of this month or first of next month, it has a lot better chance. And so while you're here, I would fertilize it monthly with a light dose of citrus fertilizer. Now, sitting in caliche where it doesn't drain well, it can be like our neighbor, the Guterres' grapefruit that sat there for 50 years and, and it only got to about eight feet tall. But it um, was healthy, and it was green, and they did get some grapefruit. But with caliche, if it's, you know, solid caliche, and if it doesn't drain very well, um, you're going to have it. If you don't have any decent soil on top, it is going to grow really slow. But it's only going to grow on what you feed it with. So that's why you want to do a regular feeding as long as you're here once a month. Okay, and then uh, invest in some Osmocote, which is a slow-release fertilizer that will release all summer while you're gone. 
And, okay. uh, and the emitter problem is best fixed by having multiple emitters. So if you have, because that way if one gets plugged, another one probably is still working. So if you can have more than one emitter on the tree, two or three emitters, even though they are smaller emitters, um, that can prevent the problem of failure of one and the tree not getting water. Well, it has three emitters around the bottom of it, but the main valve stayed open, and our whole yard got water for a month. Okay, well, yeah, that happens, you know. (laughs) It does happen. (laughs) You know, some plants loved it. Well, and it probably, yeah, it's not going to do any long-term damage to the citrus. I think it'll be okay. Okay, so this is the next thing. Mm -hmm. After you told me to cut off those top gangly branches, Mm -hmm. I did, and it bushed out some, but it did shoot up some more gangly branches. Should I just trim those back down? Well, you don't really need to trim the whole thing back down. So, you know, if you have a young grapefruit like that, what's it, like five feet tall, six feet tall? Yeah, and it's probably about five feet, six, I mean, five or six okay. years old now. So when those big shoots come out the top, you want to just cut the tip of them off, okay? And then they'll branch out horizontally. Because okay. the more foliage it has, it, you know, the more it's got to feed itself. So, you know, you don't have to take the whole shoot off. And if you catch the shoot when you know, see what's coming out this spring, just knock the top six inches of it off. And if you'll do that, okay. it'll push out more to the side. And the regular and then, fertilizer will help a lot. I'm going to do that because I'm here from beginning of October to the end of June. So I'm just going to fertilize it every month. Yeah, and that, a that'll make a huge difference. Month. Yeah. And then tell me this. Last year, I cut off all the blossoms on this tree so it would not make fruit. Why? And it would mean. just put all of its energy into doing, <laughs> you know, growth. And it seemed to make a difference. Should I do it again this year? No, you need to enjoy the fruit. That's why you plant the tree. You plant, well, you plant the tree to eat grapefruit. Well, What's that? No, it, it, it's not going not to change the growth by the crop it has on it. Not much, anyway. Okay. Okay, okay then I'll let it have its blossoms. Well, thank you, Carol. Well, have great. A... Thank you for your help. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Kirsten in Paradise Valley, good morning. Hey, good morning. I hope you can hear me. Very clearly, yep. Okay, great. So, um, I'm new to the area. I'm from the Northwest. So I like to garden, but I I really have no clue on how to do it here. Uh, I'm really, right now, my biggest um, question would be about my iceberg roses. Mm-hmm. Uh, my landscaper uh, cut them all back just okay. last Friday, mm-hmm. and he cut them down maybe six inches okay. tall. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> You, he, oh, it's the right time of year to do so. And with the icebergs, if you want to trim them a little more during the year in the growth season, you know, you can kind of hedge them and that'll work fine. But to clean them all up, this would be the perfect time to cut them back. Perfect. Because I was reading, trying to find Arizona, you know, uh, pruning times and, and okay, and also the watering times. Mm-hmm. I read something about watering once every 10 days. Well, and now, course, where, where, are you located, where are you located in Paradise Valley, cross streets? Um, oh gosh, you asked me all these questions. I don't even know where I am right now. Um, <laughs> I just drove by your nursery. Hey, well, okay. Well, we only have three, but you're probably on the one on Glendale Avenue. Okay. So you're going down yeah. Glendale, which becomes Lincoln. Oh, and... stuff. It's great. <laughs> Very... uh, okay. So I'm Northwest. So, uh, North, uh, uh, Double Tree area. Okay. Up, uh, like... Scottsdale Road. Okay. So over there, you're going to have heavier, better soil. And, uh, you know, for established plants that are pretty mature, once every 10 days is fine now. 
That was that would be you know kind of ideal. And then in the summertime, yeah. you'll probably go to once a week to once every five days. But you know, for, if they're fairly mature, all your plants, then that would be perfect. Okay, because we have a lot of those. They're beautiful, and I want to keep them. And my gardener puts them on for like three days a week for watering. Is that well? You don't need that much water, so. You know, and honestly, with icebergs, if they were, you know, fairly mature, I would water them once every 10 days now and probably in your neighborhood, probably once a week in the summertime and run the water okay. fairly long. And why we do that is that we better to combine our water and our irrigations into one instead of running it more times for less time because it pushes uh-huh. the salts out of our soil and it makes the plants ah. do better. So we want to kind oh, of combine that. all that water, water pretty deep and then let them dry out in between. Okay, so how long? Like 30 minutes or more? Well, it depends on the size emitters that you have. Okay, so emitters can be anything from a gallon an hour to 10 gallons an hour. But what you'd want to put on fairly mature roses is probably five to eight gallons once a week. Well, you can just take one of your little emitters and stick it in a jar and see how long it takes to fill up a quart jar. And then you can just do the math and figure out how much you're putting on. Great, yeah. And then the emitters also go to other, um, you know, shrubbery and things well, like that. Well, for most so shrubbery, that's going to be the same. You know, if it's fairly oh, mature, wow. yeah. So they all, they'll all work together, so we don't have to overthink it too much if they've been in for quite a while. Okay, great. Um, okay, well, I have many other questions for your future. There. Well, don't worry. I'll be here every Sunday for the rest of my natural life or until I get tired. Awesome. <laughs> Whichever well, comes first. So Thanks. Yeah, thanks for your service. I appreciate it so much. Thanks, Kirsten. I have lots to learn here. So. Right. Okay. Come in. Hey, Bye. stop in the nursery oh. sometime. We'll, we'll like to talk I to you. I will definitely too. do that. <laughs> yes, right. I might have to stay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kirsten. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Paul in Avondale. Hello, Paul. Hey, Brian. Um, I want to talk to you about my kumquat tree. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I religiously follow your schedule for fertilizing everything. In fact, everything that I have here is from... <laughs> Whitfield Nursery, and um, so I'm about to put the Arizona uh, fertilizer that you guys carry, the citrus fertilizer, sixteen eight two. My question is, can I use that for other things? Absolutely. I, I have a pistachio it, tree. It'll work on everything, and, and Organo Pro like that sixteen is it's pretty darn good because it's got chelated iron and sulfur in it, and so it works well on you know pretty much any kind of plant. Okay, um, because for the other stuff, I was going to switch to uh, miracle Grow for, like, the geraniums and for, um, I got a whole bunch of um, you know, lettuce and peppers and things like that. So it doesn't matter. Keep staying with the uh, the citrus yeah, food. You, you can use either one. Um, you know, if you want to foliar feed, you know, using something like miracle Grow or Mary Acid or one of those, you could put that on with, like, a, a water-based you know based fertilizer and spray it right on the foliage if you want to, and that'll work faster. And if you wanted to be, you know, organic in a garden, you could use, like, a fish emulsion if you want to, which oh, works yeah, really that's well. Great. And that it really does work well on a garden bed. Um, but it doesn't matter. It, it'll all it'll all do the same thing. All right, back to the kumquat tree question then. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you tell everyone to pretty much leave your citrus on the tree and let it ripen on the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this tree, this is the, the second year I've had it. It has so many kumquats. It's amazing. I mean, I love limoncello, so a lot of this is going to go into kumquat cello. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you're making limoncello, you're usually using the acid out of the rinds. I don't know how it would work. You know, I would think that the calamandrin might even work better. Let me ask you this about your kumquat. Are they, are they round or are they kind of elongated? 
Throw them around. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a me. That's a me. What come quad? You you should just eat all those. <laughs> You should eat them all. Or yeah, you, you should just eat them all. No, I mean, the oh. meat kumquats. It's funny because when we bring them into the nursery from the farm, you know, they come in. Oftentimes, they're loaded with fruit, and you watch them sit in the nursery for two weeks, and just the customers and the help walking past them. It's amazing how fast those kumquats disappear. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, you talked me out of putting this in the house, and you said no, put it out in your your yard. You'll have more fun with it. And uh, I, I, I always listen to you, and I'm glad I listened to you on this one. But back to the question again: Do I harvest them all at once, or do I leave them on the tree, or what should I no, do? No, just leave them on the tree and eat them as, as you will. You know, and uh, cool. yeah, they do have a pretty hefty crop. But uh, and, and there's usually a rotation of crops on a kumquat because they can bloom and set fruit more than once a year. So you can have some dark yeah. green ones on there while you have some ripe ones, and that's the norm for a kumquat. That's exactly what I'm looking at. It was it was so strange because uh, there was another bloom cycle, um, and I thought, oh, did I miss something here? So thank you again. I appreciate all your advice, and it's fertilizer day this weekend. All right. Have fun out February. There. Yep. Thank Thanks, you, Paul. Yeah. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. He's got the whole in his hands, he's got the big round word. In his hands, he's got the wide word. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the wind and rain. In his hands, he's got the sun and the moon. Right in his hands, he's got the wind and rain. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the gambling man. In his hands, he's got that lion man. In his hands, he's got the crap-shooting man, right? In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the little bits of baby. In his hands, he's got the little bits of baby. In his hands, he's got the little bits of baby. Well, Marianne Anderson is just uh, was one of the most uh, wonderful entertainers and singers and grew up uh, in singing from the 30s all the way until the 80s and a uh, pretty amazing lady. Anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. I'd like to take a minute and invite you to the nursery at Whitfield's We Grow Trees, all kinds, all sizes, from 15 gallons to 72-inch box. From palm trees like Fruiting Dates, Mexican Fans, California Fans, Mexican Blues, we have Bismarcks, we have beautiful mule palms and pygmies and sagos and all kinds of fun palm trees, even riverside sables. But uh, whatever your dreams are for the perfect trees, come out and see us at Whitfield. From the desert to the tropics, we grow them all, from ficus trees to plumerias, from citrus trees to beautiful garden plants. And we have three nurseries here in the valley, our original store at 824 East Glendale, and the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of Sky Harbor Airport. And you can come see us on uh, Monday through Saturday at our big tree farm in Stanfield. Stanfield. 
Stanfield Road, about a mile south of Interstate 8. We've been growing trees here for Arizona future, Arizona's future for four generations since my grandparents started back in the 1940s. So come out and see us. We'll have fun. We're licensed, bonded, and guaranteed. We deliver plant and uh, can help you with whatever you want to do in the garden. Oh, let's see. Back to the phones. We have to get the proper order. Jason and Anthem. Hi, Jason. Hello. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Excellent. I got a question about we got peppers and eggplants, and they got little bugs on them that look like uh, about the size of uh, sesame seeds. Uh huh. Probably aphids this time of year. So aphids, okay. uh, aphids like to uh, eat all those kinds of plants. And uh, well, we've been trying this stuff. It's cymetrin or something, mm. and it's not working. Malathion will kill them. And malathion, malathion is something that's pretty safe to use on uh, on produce, you know, things you're going to eat and consume. Um, you could okay. use safer soap, which is just an organic soap. You could even spray, uh, like, just some dish soap on them and, and suffocate them, and that does work fairly well, too. The dish soap with the little water? Yeah, just, just dilute it, put it in a little squirt bottle, you know, and uh, like Dawn is one of my favorites to use. And uh, it does do a pretty good job suffocating them. But, you know, the malathion is real quick and easy. The problem is, is we're going through these cycles of weather right now. And the perfect weather for an aphid is 80 degrees. And it's going to cool off yeah, again. Yeah, right, huh? Yeah, and then it's going to come back to 80 degrees. Once it's above 95 for three days, they're going to die on their own. And, you know, the nice part about eggplants and peppers are those are ones that are, you know, can go more than a year. So, you know, nature will yeah, kill them Yeah, they're like the two summer. years old now. Yeah, they're they're wonderful plants. It's two of my favorites to grow here. But um, as far as dealing with the aphids, you can spray them with a little malathion, but you're going to find them back probably in a couple of weeks because of the cycling weather we're having now. When we're having the warm and the cool and the warm and the cool, you know, aphids love this stuff. Okay, we'll try that then. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Janet out in Peoria. Hi, Janet. Hi. Um, I'm not going to talk about a something I'm going to plant in Peoria. It's for our granddaughter, okay. or actually our great-grandson. For his first birthday, we want to plant a tree, and my granddaughter picked an ironwood. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to plant it so that he can watch it for the rest of his life grow. Okay. Anyhow, she's in Moon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, is now the best time to plant those? No, honestly, for an ironwood tree, I would wait till it was warmer. So the best Warmer. time to plant an ironwood tree would be after April. After April, April, May, June, July. Yeah, They really like the heat. And oh, ironwood okay. trees are a beautiful native tree. If you want a tree here that's going to grow for years and years, it's hard to beat yeah. an ironwood. And by the time he's old enough to trim, all the work will be done. Because they're, <laughs> they're thorny. They're thorny when they're younger. As they get bigger, you get this really nice canopy. And they're a wet, magnificent tree here. And, uh, but they're better planted when it's hotter. So I, I would wait okay. till April. You could plant in April all summer, but I wouldn't plant them right now. Okay. All righty. Well, it's in honor of his birthday, so we don't care. Well, then just plant it anyway. Then. Either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he won't know. <laughs> he won't know. He's one year old. Oh, yeah. Um, my other question is... Um, on the roses, I had heard it's good to put some Epsom salt on them. Is that correct? Well, yeah, magnesium is something, and it depends how much there is in our soil and water. But, you know, actually a little extra dose of Epsom salt works fine. And uh, okay. it's magnesium sulfate. Like down in our citrus orchards, we have to put a lot of it on because there's none in the soil and the water. Here in the valley, we do have some, but if you want it, it'll definitely enhance the growth in roses. 
Okay, yeah. It, we've got to get it in before the flood. We're on flood irrigation mm-hmm. and before it comes. And I thought, oh, I better ask you about that well, one. Well, I mean, are, are you going to use any other fertilizer? Yes, I I use a, a rose fertilizer okay. for them. About, and if, if you, uh, yeah, and if you want to add some extra Epsom salt, that's fine. It does? Okay. All righty. I think that takes care of everything. All right, we'll Janet. See in, we'll see you in April. All right. Thanks, Janet. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Uh, Jeff in Mesa. Good morning, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to take you off the air along with Cheryl and Peter and whoever else is ringing on the fourth line. Hope you all enjoyed the program, folks. And uh, remember, the more we work together as the world, the stronger we're going to be. And, uh, you know, there's no no one that's too late to save and no time too late to give up hope on uh, maybe remedying some of these factors that make our life a little more difficult. Love your neighbor, love your friends, but most importantly, love those with whom you disagree. And we'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Hope you all enjoy the golf tournament and the Super Bowl.